Hello. 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 I'm so happy to see you. First episode of 2023. Here we are. It's been a while, hasn't it? Welcome to Dear Matchmaker. I'm so thrilled to have you here with me today. Welcome to the show. I am your host with the most matchmaker and dating coach, event planner extraordinaire, uh, Kat Cantrell. Welcome to the show. <sighs> I'm so excited that this is my first episode of 2023. And I have, I I want to, before I go into all of the things, well, let me just take, I'm going to take a step back for just a moment. We have a lot of new subscribers who have subscribed to the show, so I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. Welcome to the family. Welcome, welcome. So our goal here at Dear Matchmaker is to not only answer your questions, which by the way, if you're listening to this and you have a question, a dating question that you would love for to have me answer, you can always submit your questions to dearmatchmaker.com and I always answer them anonymously. And I do have a question uh, that was submitted to me by on um, through Instagram, which you can uh, follow me on Instagram and submit your questions there too. So I do have a question for you today, but that's my goal is to answer your questions because to let you know that you're not alone. And there are very common issues in the dating world. As we all know, that's why this show is here for you. So our goal here is to help you feel empowered, to help you get clarity, really understanding more about what your needs are to sometimes let you know that you're not going crazy. And to also give you hope that the dating pool isn't full of, you know, all of that. There are some pretty great, amazing people out there. It's just sometimes we do a really good job of getting in our own way. And so here at Dear Matchmaker, our goal is to hopefully provide you those tools to help you feel um, empowered and to bring some light back into your dating life. And I have been getting emails, um, one email in particular, I've been loving it. I almost wanted to read it here uh, as a part of the episode, but um, so there is a gentleman who listens to Dear Matchmaker who has been listening to all of our episodes and is using uh, the is using all of the advice that I give here and has been implementing it into his dating life. And he has been giving me a play-by-play of what's been going on. And I've just loved hearing from him. And so if you have, uh, if you find that this, that these episodes are valuable or the show is episode or the show is extremely valuable, I would love it if you would write review or at least subscribe. Cause y'all come on. <laughs> I know there's a bunch of you that listen that have yet to subscribe. So you could give me a little Prezi for 2023 and, uh, subscribe to the show because I would absolutely, um, I would absolutely love it. Uh, I do have a question for you that I'm going to answer for you today, but before I go into that, just as a reminder that the show is brought to you and sponsored by theheartagency.com where I offer matchmaking, dating, coaching, the dating blueprint, which you can purchase. And it's, uh, basically, everything that you need to know to help you reset your mindset when it comes to dating and love and relationships. It's basically the toolboxes, the toolbox and boxes, 
eh, that I provide to my one-on-one clients and to my matchmaking clients as well. So you can always access that. All of that is on my website and more, and you can inquire to want more information. Just go to theheartagency.com. I have dating uh, coaching clients all over the world. Matchmaking is more specifically here in the Midwest, but I help people everywhere. So if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I just would really love to work with Cat one-on-one because who doesn't? Hair flip. Um, <laughs> go, go to my website, theheartagency.com. Okay. I have a confession before, before I go into today's question. So you know how I know how vulnerable dating can be. And even this show is a state of vulnerability. I had put up a billboard in my community, which was the utmost um, uh, form of vulnerability that I have that I have experienced in a very long time. But my point is, is that even this show, it can be it can be hard that when if you haven't done something in a really long time, which I haven't recorded an episode in five weeks and I kept going, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I'm here, I'm showing up, I'm showing up, we're doing it. It can be really difficult to jump back in and dating is no exception. When you haven't dated in a really long time, it can be difficult to get yourself back in, to put yourself back out there to be willing to be vulnerable enough uh, to make connection in hopes to finding love. And some of the clients that I work with are in this position where they haven't dated in a really long time and they're ready to put themselves out there and they just don't know where to begin. And uh, this is the coaching that I offer is that special push that you need in order to really push yourself out there, get clarity, understand what is it that you need in a relationship, not just what you want. Uh, and this is why I offer my services is for people who haven't, you know, people who struggle and people who haven't dated in a really long time. And, uh, you know, I was getting ready to, I'm getting ready to record this episode and I'm like, I was vulnerable myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't recorded an episode in a long time. What, what do I say? What do I do? I haven't done this. And here I am, I'm back in it because you just got to do it. You just got to put yourself out there. So I, uh, I'm excited to be here with you. And I have a question, um, that I was tempted to, so I think full disclosure is that the work that I do as a coach is very different than a work with a therapist, meaning a therapist really has, really will sit down with you and help you understand the whys of why you act this way. And it usually, it stems from childhood. And there is a little bit of crossover. One of the things that I work with, with my clients is, is understanding their forms of self-sabotage your saboteur, which does stem from childhood. But my goal as a coach is to gather the information that we have and to help you move forward and to give you the tools you need to help you move forward. But a lot of what we carry into our relationships is based off of our previous relationships that we've had ourselves romantically and that we've mirrored from um, our upbringing, uh, our parents, uh, what we experienced ourselves, uh, the form of intimacy that we experienced ourselves. 
for ourselves um, growing up. Uh, sometimes what we seek in a partner is what we didn't receive growing up. And so there's all, this is why we have types. Uh, this is sometimes why we're attracted to a different type of person because they have the qualities that we really want within ourselves and all of the things. And so I almost, you know, as a coach, my job is to sometimes when I'm working with clients, they get so, we will, we will come to an aha moment where I do work hand in hand with a therapist. So sometimes we'll do the work and we're like, oh, wonder why that's there. And then they'll go, you know what? I'm going to go talk to my therapist about that. And it's brilliant. It's because sometimes we don't know what we don't know and we don't know really what's going on until sometimes the, the, the layers of the onion will what do they, what do those do? Bloom? They don't bloom. The, the, we'll just peel those babies off and, and realize really what's going on. So today's question is, is borderline probably a, a question for a therapist. When I was preparing for this episode, I didn't want to like get into really how to overcome it because I think that when we've had trauma in previous relationships, we need to understand what that trauma is and how it affects us. But I do feel that, you know, everybody has had some type of trauma in their lives. And what we bring into a relationship is based off of our previous experiences in relationships. And so I wanted to kind of answer this question on a personal note of what I have experienced for myself and what I did for myself and how I um, really navigated this into my, with my relationship with Brian. And I, so this is kind of more of a heart-centered, um, personal, uh, answer. And just because of, I, I want to share with you with what I did. And when I recognize that there's very, when, when there is extreme trauma within, you know, a client's life, I do, I don't work. I do not work with them. I refer them to therapists until, um, they feel that they're ready, especially if we're still having to process what's happened. So here's her question. Let me just, let me just dive into it. And and I'm going to give you my, my two cents of, of what I did in order to, um, help me through it. So here's her question. How do you heal from past relationship trauma? So you don't sabotage your new relationship. And so this is her question. And I, so I wanted to give you kind of my perspective as a coach and what I have done in my own life to kind of help with this because my own personal story is, so my ex-husband was extremely narcissistic. When I was having a lot of marital issues, which if you look at the entire, I was married for 13 years. Um, when I was having a lot of marital issues near the end, I went to a therapist and this was back in, oh my gosh, 2000 and I just moved to Iowa. So it was probably 2005, 2006, because I asked for a divorce near the end of 2007. So it was around that time period. And I went and I would tell her about my husband's um, behavior and she asked me if I ever heard of the term narcissist. And I, back then I hadn't, I had no idea what a narcissist was. And she recommended a book to me and I started reading it and it was basically verbatim of what I was experiencing 
um, in, um, in my life. And if you have had experiences with narcissists, um, there is an episode, oh gosh, I don't even know what episode is. I might link it into the show notes, an episode the way we did cover a little bit more about codependency and, um, narcissists being in relationships with narcissists. But, um, my relationship with Mike's husband was extremely toxic, extremely narcissistic. He was, um, verbally abusive. He was, um, an alcoholic and it was, and I had two children with him and it was a very, there were times of that marriage that were extremely dark. And, um, when I finally was able to break free and able to get out from underneath, underneath, um, I don't even know, like I'm trying not to get super emotional about this underneath his thumb. Uh, and really break free from it. And it was, and it was very, very difficult to leave him because he was, um, it was, there was always this fear and, uh, even the divorce was extremely traumatic. I had to have his emails directed into a junk box. All of his phone calls were directed to HR. It was a very traumatic, uh, marriage and very traumatic, uh, divorce. And so when, when I finally break free, broke free, breaked, sorry, broke free, you know, you don't know, um, kind of like to me, that was my norm, like my normal, like that relationship and everything that I had experienced with him was my normal. And it's to me, the relationship that I had with him was so toxic that as I started to date, I would be attracted to just even like lower than the bare minimum. And you know what I mean when I say that. So the bare minimum of somebody is just somebody who's kind, somebody who's a decent human being, somebody who is uh, self-sufficient, is doing the adulting things, right? And I would, when I, after I went through my divorce, um, I was like, oh my gosh, this person's amazing. And this person's amazing, which, which wasn't really necessarily the case, but the only thing I had to base it off of was my previous relationship with my ex-husband. And I had to go through a series of failed relationships before I really came back to myself and noticed a pattern of what I was attracting and to run away from the trauma of a previous relationship, to think that the relationship that you're going to have with somebody, that it's going to, to fix it, is completely, um, it, is, it, is, it is common to think that once you get into a new relationship that it's going to possibly going to fix these old battle wounds. And to a certain degree, there are certain points where it does, where we can only heal enough within ourselves to get to a point to where we are ready for a relationship. And once we are ready for a relationship and we start that relationship, we owe it to ourselves and our potential partner to be able to communicate those needs. But you cannot be able to communicate those needs until you're in a place that is, you've healed enough within yourself 
to know your worth, to know your value, to know that your needs are valid. Because when you are in a toxic relationship, and again, I, I, I'm trying to, I'm gingerly talking about this because this is, this is, it's first off, it's a, an extremely um, personal uh, story, but it's also, um, you know, I think that doing the work on yourself with a therapist, if you've had a traumatic um, past relationship is imperative because that's what I did. I mean, not only was I working with a therapist and having to understand things within myself and why I felt this way, but also to help me figure out what it is that I wanted um, in my life and what it is that I wanted within myself. And when we've had past trauma and we've done the work that we need to do to understand our worth and our value and what it is in our needs, worth, value, needs, really, and know them enough so that when we know that we are ready, when we do put ourselves back out there again, and we are finding ourselves to be in a healthy relationship or to attract a healthy relationship, it's really important to know your value and your worth. So then therefore you don't settle for the bare minimum and you really understand what you are deserving of in a relationship. And then understanding that your needs are important. I don't care what your needs are. So many people who have been in previous relationships that have been toxic or have had trauma really have a difficulty of being able to express that their needs because they feel like that their needs aren't valid. And if you feel like your needs aren't valid, this is when the self-sabotage will start to leak in to your potential future partner relationship. And if we're not comfortable enough with somebody especially if you've had past trauma, if you're not comfortable enough with somebody to be able to express your needs, then that is saying something. So for me, I, my last relationship before Brian, I was not able to express that freely. I felt like I was still caged in a way. I felt that I was backed into a corner. I felt that I wasn't able to, I was so worried about possibly not having that relationship. And I was so afraid to be able to express my needs anxious attachment, everybody from my anxious attachment, um, style homies out there. Um, that I ended up actually getting out of that relationship and being able to take a step back and really trying to get my life into order first to, to, to get to a place of empowerment, to get to a place of fulfillment within myself, within myself, get to a place of fulfillment enough within myself and make my, make my life so that I was happy enough within my own life so that I knew my worth, my value, and that I knew that my needs were valid. Especially when with my ex-husband, I was constantly reminded that my needs were not valid. It was very much, um, a very traditional home. I was a stay-at-home mom for eight years. I had side jobs, but I was a stay-at-home mom for eight years. And we had a very old, traditional um, 1950s kind of home. And um, I, where my needs were not important. You know, my needs were his needs. Uh, my needs were not valid. My, um, you know, kids came first, husband came first and his needs were everything. Um, and when you're in that kind of toxic relationship, it takes a long time to really kind of unwind yourself and understand that your needs are extremely valid. Sorry, I'm getting really choked up. Holy cow. 
was not expecting this. Sorry. So when people come to me and they say, when people come to me and they say, um, you know, Kat, I'm fully healed. I'm ready. I'm ready to jump in. You know, I'm ready to find somebody. The one thing that I always say to people is that we're never, ever fully healed. And I think it's really important for you to understand that healing. And I learned this from my coach back in 2018. And this was one of the things that she used to say all the time is that healing is a lifelong process. We are healing until we're dead. <laughs> and because let me explain to you why. So I'm, before I met Brian, I had done the work. I had gone to therapy. I realized what, what, you know, what I was, I was standing up for myself to, you know, for my ex, towards my ex-husband. I was doing the work. I had started my whole life. I had lived a life of fulfillment. I had started my own storefront business. I was an entrepreneur. I was doing everything that I, that I felt that I had a full life. And when I met Brian and we started dating, I didn't realize the triggers that were going to be, because I thought I'm good. I'm good. I've done the work. I've done all the stuff. I'm, I'm golden. And then I started dating Brian and these things happen where you get triggered and not based off of Brian's behavior. It's just as you start to build a relationship with somebody, you can't help to think of old ways and old, like the way that a relationship, your normal relationship used to be. And for me, part of my, let me explain to you, uh, let me explain to you kind of, this is, this is kind of a, this is one of the aha moments that I had in the very beginning stages of, with Brian to where I was to this this woman's answer or to this woman's question of, of a way that I was self-sabotaging the relationship, not knowing that this is what I was doing. So let me give you the example. Let me give you an example. So Brian and I, as we were starting to date, and this was probably, I don't know, we had been dating probably for about three or four months at this point. And we had um, a routine where we would talk every night at, I can't remember what it was, this was like eight and a half years ago. So like it must have been like eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night. And um, I was texting him and he wasn't answering. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Now I'm anxious attachment. Now I thought it was secure, but sometimes our old attachment styles seem to seep in. And I was like, huh, that's weird. We always talk at this time every night. And I called him and there was no answer. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did something wrong. What's going on? Now, let me explain to you why this was a trigger for me. Mike's husband would flat out ignore me. So there would be Mike's husband. It was very common for him to um, go to work, go straight to the bar right afterwards. Even if we had appointments or there was something going on with the kids, he would go straight to the bar afterwards. And usually he wouldn't be home until one o'clock in the morning. And he would flat out ignore my phone calls. 
And then he would hold it against me in the future that I did something or there was something going on in the relationship. And so he was extremely passive aggressive. So I didn't realize that all of this was still inside of me until it, it was a trigger. And I got super upset and I couldn't figure out why was I getting super upset? Why was this bothering me so much? And finally, Brian, I ended up calling, you know, Brian and we ended up getting in, in hold, uh, we were getting in touch with each other. And because I was super mad, I was super mad. I'm like, why isn't he answering? Why isn't he answering? And I finally get a hold of him and he ended up falling asleep, he fell asleep. And I was so upset and I didn't understand why I was so upset. And I told him, I'm like, I don't know why I'm so upset. This is what I'm feeling. And, you know, this is what I need. Like I knew that I needed to, to have this as an anxious attachment. It's our job to be able to express our needs to our partner and what that compromise is. And Brian had a very honest conversation with me and he was like, I am not going anywhere. And I'm going to let you know right now that if I ever have a problem with you, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to not answer your calls. I'm not going to like ignore you. I'm not going to be passive aggressive. If I have a problem, I'm going to communicate with you and we're going to sit down and have a conversation about it. I'm not going to play games. And I getting that confirmation from him and being honest and open with him and being like, this is what's going on. This is why this upsets me. And us sitting down and him giving me the reassurance that I needed in that moment in order to not sabotage the relationship because I could have for absolutely nothing. I could have, um, when he finally called me, I could have done protest behavior, right? Which is when you finally get a, when you know, you're trying to get a hold of them and then finally they're trying to reach out to you and then you refuse to answer their phone calls. Like I could have gone into that downward spiral and could have sabotaged the relationship, but I didn't. And this is the number one way that you don't sabotage your relationship is first having the awareness of what is going on inside of you. Second, understanding that your needs are valid Third, being able to communicate what is going on. And if you are in a relationship with a secure attachment, which is Brian is very secure. If you're in a relationship with somebody like that, they are creating that safe place for you to be able to express yourself. Now, if you are anxious and you are dating an avoidant, that is a whole nother story. You, you're not going to feel that this is a safe place because you're afraid that if you're going to express your needs to somebody that they're going to run the other direction. And if that is the case, then you're in the wrong relationship and you better cut your ties and just go ahead and call it a day. <laughs> so I know that the answer seems simple, but it's a little bit more complex, meaning you have to know your worth, your value, and what your needs are. And you have to be in a relationship with somebody who is secure to where you feel secure enough to be able to express when you're being triggered and to be able to express on what is going on, what your thoughts and feelings, and to be able to get that reassurance from them. If you don't communicate what's going on, you're going to sabotage the relationship over things that don't really exist. And if you don't know what your forms of self-sabotage are, this is one of the things that I work with with my one-on-one -on -one clients is that we sit down and we understand what are your top saboteurs and how are they getting in the way of your love life.
And it's not we're here to unwind it and to fix it and to, to, and to call it a day. It's for you to have awareness so that as you are dating, you're like, oh my gosh, here it is. Sometimes the healing will happen. You can only do, let me backtrack. You can only do so much healing on your own. And if you are holding yourself back and saying to yourself, I'm not going to be in a relationship until I'm fully healed, you're going to be waiting until you're dead. Because some things take the support, encouragement, love, and space from a secure partner to help you through this. Especially if you've been in extremely abusive previous relationships. It's not that the relationship fixes you. It's that the relationship helps you and guides you and helps you heal because there's no fixing. There's awareness and there is a deeper understanding of who you are and a deeper understanding of what it is that you need in the relationship. And when you are able to be able to come to terms with what that is, and being able to share that with your partner, that's when the growing really does happen in a relationship of being open and honest and communication. Game playing, protest behavior, push and pull, cat and mouse, all of that, all of the games, chasing, um, all of that is nonsense. Every single bit, every single, all of that is crap. It's crap. Because at the end of the day, we're all humans. We all have needs. All of us have had some uh, previous relationship uh, history, whether it be with our own family, whether it be watching our parents, whether it be us personally, and showing compassion and understanding for the other person across the table is also a key component to not sabotaging the relationship. So, you know, I was... You know, I feel like if you are in a position where you feel like you are sabotaging relationship over and over again, I highly recommend for you to take a step back and possibly go see a therapist and understand why and really what's going on. It's like, so I'm watching Love Island. Okay, I'm, I'm going to leave you. This is the last thing. And let me give you an example of like sabotage. So Love Island. Um, I've been watching Love Island and one of the contestants on there is the moment she gets super close to somebody, she finds something, and this is avoidant by the way, finds something wrong with him, pushes him away. The distance is there. Um, and once the distance is there, then she ends up going, oh gosh, then I miss him. And why did I do that? When you're finding yourself in that pattern and that avoidant pattern of being in starting a relationship and then you're getting too close for comfort. Something about it is making you uncomfortable. And then you end up pushing the person away. And then you wonder why you broke up with them to begin with. And then you welcome somebody back. This is all a pattern that it's not necessarily that someone's going to, when you notice yourself in this pattern, this is when you really truly should seek out a therapist. Because even in the book attached, they tell you if you are an avoidant and you find yourself really difficult to let someone in, 
and you're always pushing people away, there's a reason for that. And not one person is going to help you overcome that. You need to have enough awareness within yourself first to order to be able to make the change so that you don't sabotage future potential relationships. And this is me. I'm saying it from the heart. No person, no thing, no experience is going to change this pattern. If you're waiting for the one or if you're waiting to have some kind of special person walk into your life and you're like, yep, it's going to be this person and this is who I'm holding out for, it's going to repeat itself over and over and over again. Having that self-awareness Understanding your worth, which means you understanding your worth enough to know that sometimes if you need help to go get the help, go get it. Your value, knowing what you bring to the table and knowing who you are as an individual so that you're not settling for anything less and knowing what your needs are. Being able to recognize your needs, know that they're valid and being able to express them to your partner. I'm a firm believer that having this awareness is going to change. It's going to change your life. (laughs) I mean, I didn't know what attachment styles were. I didn't know about any of that work when I was going through it with Brian. And I recognize it now, but I had, I had already done all of the work. I knew my worth. I knew my value. I knew my needs. And I knew when these things come up and they still do on occasion. Even for Brian too, these things will come up from his, you know, he's got stuff that he's, that he's had to work through too. Being able to sit down and have a conversation. I mean, Brian and I say, Brian and I have this saying with each other. We're like, we're going to talk, you know, the, our little thing that we say is, uh, is, uh, you know, let's talk about ducks. That's when we're like, we're going to have a serious conversation. Let's talk about ducks. I want you to talk about the ducks, my friend. And to think that some person or, you know, we, we owe it to our potential partners. We owe it to maybe our current partners. We owe it to ourselves of the utmost. Number one, numero uno, uh, we owe it to us to know what we need to do in order to make the changes so that we can start the healing journey and be able to attract the partner that we truly deserve. Because that's what I did. And let me tell you, if I can get out of that relationship with my ex-husband and to be able to have a man like Brian in my life, you can do it too. You can do it too. If you need recommendations for therapists, if you need anything, if you need just someone to talk to, to figure out next steps of what you need to do, I am here. It's a free consultation. It's 40 minutes. And if we talk and we decide that, yes, that's your next step is that you need to go to a therapist, then my friend, that's where we go. I just got, I just, there was a news, there was a news article that was just released here in my community about my work. And I'm going to tell you this really quick and I'm going to leave it on this note and then we'll wrap up. Why is it that in society it's assumed that we know how to attract loving, healthy relationships? It's assumed. And it's also assumed that we can figure it out all by ourselves. 
it's okay to get money, you know, to get help with money. It's okay to get help of finding a house. It's okay to get help in other ways. You know, I don't know how to do my hair. I'm going to go to professional. I don't know how to do this. I'm going to go to professional. I don't know how to do this. But when it comes to matters of the heart and when it comes to love, for some reason in our society, we're like, yep, you're supposed to figure that out all by yourself. Even if you've had the worst upbringing, the worst examples in your life that all of a sudden you're just supposed to like attract a healthy, thriving relationship. It's a conspiracy, my friend. Love is the most important thing on this planet. It navigates all of our decisions. All of the greatest things that happen to us come from a space of love. All of the true greatest things that happen come from a space of love. And if you don't think that you are deserving of it, then that's a whole like different story. Get to the root of what's going on. Get to the root of what's going on. Get the help that you need so you can truly get the love that you deserve. Stop making the excuses and get the help. Just because you get help, it does not mean that you are a failure. It does not mean anything. It means that you love yourself and your potential future partner enough to figure out the goddamn thing of what's going on. And if you find yourself in a pattern of continuously sabotaging, please, 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 please find a therapist or come and talk to me and I can guide you. Because sometimes it's just a little bit of a tweak of a mindset enough to that we can help you in your dating journey. Or maybe it's something that's way more deep-rooted. Okay. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, this is going to be a 20-minute episode. You can tell I haven't been here in a really long time. And I've missed you. Thank you for sh letting me share my heart with you today. Thank you for sharing. Let me uh, share with you my own personal experience and the things that you can do in your own life to help. Um communicate, communicate, communicate. This all goes back to dating. Even in the beginning stages of dating, communication is imperative to be able to communicate. Stop the game playing and start communicating. And sometimes that communication is just the conversation we need to have with ourselves, right? All right, my friend, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And just a little gentle reminder, wink, wink, if you have not subscribed yet to the show, I have no idea what you're waiting for. You just, if you're on Spotify, you just click follow. If you're on, if you are on um, Apple, you just hit subscribe. Um, I would love it. Love it. If you rated and reviewed, that would be awesome. That way you get delivered to more people because you know, we are up there. We're ranked in the top 10% globally. And I want to keep, I, my goal is 5%. I want to get to the top 5%. So I want you to help me get there. And then also, if you are on Instagram or on Facebook, come and follow me. I don't know why you're not doing it already, but come and follow me at Cat Cantrell. All right, my friend. Thank you for listening. I um, am truly grateful for you. And remember, true love is waiting for you. And I will see you next time. All right. 